0: Awesome. So this morning, we are going to be doing something a little bit different, and we're going to hear from, as Pastor Stu shared, from two different people this morning. So first up, I'm going to ask May to come. come to um, share with us this
1: morning that's awesome yeah yeah give it a round of applause for May. and just just before I hand over to May, look we could probably give the microphone out this morning and hear of so many different testimonies of the goodness of God right God is a good God amen anyone agree Um, But this morning, we've got specifically two people that we want to share. May is one of them, and in a minute, we're going to introduce the other. That have got two incredible stories of what God's done, but two very different stories. And um, we're just privileged to uh, allow May this time to kind of share, because I think it's going to bless us. Amen.
0: Awesome. awesome. So we're going to give it over to May completely. But before we do, I just want to ask you, May, if you could share with church a little, bit, a little bit about who you are, who your family is, and how long you've been saved before and been a part of family church as well.
2: Thank you. And good morning, family Yay! church. Yay! <laughs> so uh, I'm May Famediti, married to Ty, who is right there filming me. Don't do that, Ty. <laughs> and, um... I've got two girls, Anita and Tiffany, and we are from Nigeria. I've been in family church since I moved to the UK in 2009, and uh, have been saved in 2005. And God has been good. Although there are times as human beings where we have the trials and things, but through it all, God has been faithful, and he's proved himself worthy. And, yeah, I think that's it about myself. And, uh, This morning, I just want to encourage us and just to testify to the goodness of God and to let us, just to encourage us to keep the faith. God is still in the business of doing miracles. Even though we don't know, as the song says, we don't know how he's going to do it. We don't know when he's going to do it, but he's still going to do it. So my testimony started uh, on the 14th of December last year. We were meant to go to Paris, Disneyland with the girls. And 13 into 14, slept, woke up. And that night, I didn't sleep very well. And I noticed there was a growth on the side, the left side of my body. In the morning, I said, Ty, can you feel this thing? It's so painful. Anyway, I took some prat tomorrow. We went on a trip. And throughout Paris, I think the whole of our trip then in December was just touring the whole of the pharmacy in Paris because I was so unwell. We were all unwell. Getting back to the UK, I went to my GP, and I was referred for ultrasound. And when I went for that, I was gisting with the lady and everything, and I could see his face changed. And I said to her, what did you say? And she was so upset. She was close to tears and everything. And I went, I'm a health professional. Can you share with me? And she went, no, for confidentiality. I can't say anything. But, and I kept pressurizing her. You've got to tell me something. I'm not leaving here till you say something. And she said, all I could tell you now is you've got a sixth on your left kidney. And I'm going to refer you to your GP right away. So I went home. Ty was going for his uh, camp and... I said to him, at that point, it was like my whole world came crashing. And I God, at this point of my life, you know, I'm still young. Look at my children. Why is this thing happening? And there right then, 10 minutes later, my GP called me. And she, she went, oh, Mrs. Famiditi, I'm really sorry. You've just been for ultrasound. And um, what we saw is very concerning. And it's likely you have cancer. There's a big tumor. You've got cancer on the left kidney. So I'm going to do another referral. to to the urologist at QA. So that was all the old journey started. I went for CT, saw the consultant, and they went, oh, what we saw is a big mass on your left kidney, and as it is, we might have to remove your kidney, and um, your left kidney, and there's a likelihood, there's a high likelihood it's going to be cancer. And I thought, oh, my God, what is happening? What is happening to me? You know, all this time... And everything, we've been faithful, we are praying, where's this thing coming from? And there were no signs on or, any, or anything. It was just like, this prank out of nowhere. And I came to church. He was here. I prayed with Philippa, and she said with me, oh, she said to me, may God, help. after praying with me, she said to me, may God told me, you know, do not be afraid. That's the message for you. And after that, I saw Pastor Sue, and we prayed in coffee hall, and he said, to, whilst he was praying, and he said, we don't want this surgery to go forward. Every cancer, every tumor, we want it to disappear. We said amen, Paul. I believe they said amen, but at the same time, it was there, it was painful and all of that. And then I was so depressed and everything. And they gave me the 22nd of March to go for the surgery and uh before so before that when my iron was too low we need to do transfusion we did the transfusion and all of that they because it's a major surgery they prepared us for surgery school what the aftermath is going to be and all of that you're going to be home for three months you're not going to be be able to do anything you need to do you know set all things in motion and church has been so wonderful but you know emotionally Physically, in all forms, everyone has been so wonderful. We've all organized like a food chain. I think oh, Philippa was in charge of that food chain. Like, May, why you can do anything, and Ty coming to see in the hospital, this is how, you know, to feed the children and to just to make sure you guys are okay. So 22nd of March, and before you go for a major surgery, you get to have like PCR test. I went on, just before coming to church, I went for the PCR test, which was on a Sunday. And the surgery was meant to be on a Wednesday. So I went for it and they said, oh, Mrs. Farmediti, we don't hear anything from us. It's fine. And I went, okay, that's fine. I came to church, I prayed, I prayed with the pastors and everyone. And um, on Monday, (laughs) I saw the message and I went, no, it's not good news. Mrs. Famaditi, you tested positive for COVID. And I went, God, what's going on? Now, for, with all these things going on, why do I have to have COVID at this time? You know, I've waited since December, and this is March. And having COVID at this time, God. And then a verse, two things came to my mind at that point. Although I was, at first, I was like really demoralized and quite depressed. And um, a verse came to my mind, 1 Corinthians 1.27. It's like, God using the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And the second thing was a song that came to my mind. Even though I don't feel it, you working. Even though I don't see it, you working. It never stops. It never stops working. And I kept, you know, I kept singing that song. And they gave me drinks, like pre-surgery drinks. You've got to drink this for Mrs. Famaditi. I'd already taken, like, four of them. And, like, on Tuesday, they called me. Oh, Mrs. Famaditi, we have to cancel your surgery because, you know, because you've got COVID, we can proceed with that. I went, okay, when is it going to be? They went, that's going to be like another six weeks. All right, this is God doing his thing. Within these six weeks, God is going to do is going to do his work. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know what's going to happen, but we just believe that God is going to do it. And I remember Ty sending a message to Pastor Sue and Pastor Sean. May surgery has been canceled. <laughs> She's got COVID. <laughs> and and then I had to go back to work. And everybody, oh, May, you're back. And I said, yeah, I'm back. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fit. I'm good. I'm blessed. And for that period, feeling that side, I could see like, Shrinking, and Ty became my overnight urologist. Every minute, Ty, can you see? (laughs) Ty, can you feel? Seems to be shrinking. yeah, it's shrinking. God is good. Ty, can you feel? Yeah, it's shrinking. And it came to so. My second date was the May the seventeenth of May, and the surgery was. I was together for seven o'clock. We all got there. Said good my goodbyes to my children. Said goodbye to Ty and everything, and. I went in and we did the scrubbing, I was, you know, had my scrub, and I had the, and then I kept praying, God, just do this, confound the doctors, just confound everything, use me as your evidence, God, just prove yourself worthy at this time, please, God, and um, I saw the anesthetics, uh, you know. Taking the history, do you smoke, do you drink? And it was all like, no, I don't fall into any of that. And we okay, no, so we can, and you explain the process. We're going to put you on that. It's going to be a major surgery. And yeah, it's going to be a major surgery. It's going to maybe like five hours. They're going to remove your left kidney and all of that. I went, okay. And I said to him, right, before we go into the theater, can I see the consultant? And went, yeah, that's fine. If you have any questions, you're free to speak with him. So he came in his, you know, in his cap and scrubs and like there were two of them. And they came in and she was, he said the same thing, went through my, yeah, my credentials and all. And I said to him, right, before you open me, all right, so before the surgery, before I went for the surgery, I kept asking them, can you do another CT just to know at least before I go in, check the site again, to know the size of the tumor, to know what's going on. And they kept passing me on, you know, it's not a department, you've got to go to urology department, it's another this, this department, it's that department. So they didn't have another CT. So on the day of the surgery, I said to this consultant, can I, ha- would you check, before opening me up, can you at least check? And he went, and he looked at me, Mrs. Famaditi, what are you saying? It's not gonna disappear, it's not gonna go anywhere. And I say, so, in my manifold, what God cannot do does not exist. And she said to me, you know, we told you already, you, when you came with your husband, we told you there's a high chance this is going to be tumor. I mean, cancerous. Anyway, please check. You check first. And okay, reluctantly, when you yeah, lie on the table and you checked and he went, yeah, there's something still there. And... um. His colleague was the first person. She checked me originally before meeting this second consultant. And she, had a, she did the palpation and everything, and she had a look. And she went, I was the first person to examine Mrs. Famiditi, and I can see there's a considerable change in her presentation. And when went, okay, Mrs. Famiditi, <laughs> give us some time. You know, we'll get back to you. So I went back back to the waiting area in my scrubs and everything. And um, late, about 10 minutes later, they came to me. Mrs. Famiditi will have to cancel your surgery. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is God. And again, this song kept coming to my mind. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know when he's going to do it, but have the belief he, he's going to do it. So I called Ty, Ty, come pick me, we're going home. And everybody was like, yay, God is good. (laughs) So he came to pick me and then we kept waiting. And then they sent a letter to us. And they went, oh, Mrs. Famidisi. Okay, so then before going home, we're going to book you for another city just to know how the tumor is, the size and everything, whether it's strong and to see what's happening in your body. So I went for the city. I saw them on a Wednesday. Then the following Monday, I went for the city and was under the the scanner. And they spent such a long time now for what's going on? Why is this taking so much longer than the first time? And um, it was taking such a long time, you know, in and out, in and out of the scanner. Anyway, whilst they was splitting blood of Jesus, what they saw before, they won't see again in Jesus' name. So after that, I went home. And then they sent a letter, oh, Mrs. Famiditi we are booking you for a telephone conversation. And I went, no, I know God has done this. Because if it was something serious, there and then, they would book a date. Mrs. Famaditi, you have to come in. And when we were booking you for a telephone conversation, and they sent a letter, surgery cancelled, not needed. And um, I think two days later, the consultant himself called me. And he went, Mrs. Famaditi, I just have to want to, first, I want to apologize to you because you requested for a CT and you were not granted, you know, you have been passed from one department to another. And when you wanted me to check as well, I doubted you. And looking at your CT scan, there's no cancer. We don't need to remove your kidney. You are whole, right? (laughs) I was like, this is God. I was screaming and shouting on the phone, and I said to him, you know, there's no need to apologize, because within that period, that was God doing his work. That was God doing his thing. God needed that COVID, because assuming I didn't have COVID there and then, because the thing was still there, it was still swollen, If I didn't have the COVID, they would have removed my kidney by now. And yeah, that was it. I was like, my God, so... Right. People of God, I just want you to just keep the faith. God is still doing his works. He's still doing wonders. Yeah. And, (laughs) yeah.
1: That's fantastic. Isn't God good? Isn't God just amazing? That often that, you know, what a doctor may say can sometimes be scary, but God's over everything. Amen. God sees the bigger picture and had May, Ty, and the family all in his hand at the, at the very same time. And um, just quickly, May, just very quickly, with 30 seconds, if I could ask you to encourage someone who may be facing a situation that's going, what would you encourage them with?
2: Just keep the faith. That's what I would say. Keep the faith. God is so interested in our lives. Even if it's his tiniest thing, he knows us. Mm. He knows what our heart desires And like the song says, you know, he's a good, good father. Even before we say a word, he knows what we want. He knows what we we need. And he's he might not give it to us the way, you know, the way we've planned it, where we've mapped it up in our mind. This is how we want it to go. Or this is how it's going to be. This is how I want it to be. But God has got his plans. And his plan is always the best. So it might be quite tough and bad. Let us endure, let us keep the faith, and he will surely give us the
1: best. Amen, yeah. amen, amen. Yeah. Fantastic. Come on, yeah. Big round of applause for May. <laughs> and a massive one for God. Come on. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Before, before, oh, one second, everyone. Before our May goes off stage, we're just going to pray for her. So should we just stretch our hands towards her? And we're just going to thank God for what he's done in our life. So Father, we Thanks. just want to say thank you for the miracle that you have done in May's life. Father, we just pray that May will just be a walking vessel being yes. used by you, going from place yes. to place, sharing Amen. her testimony of your goodness, of your faithfulness, of your miracle working power. And Father, we just speak over May, Father God, that you will satisfy her with long life. That Father, you continue to do incredible things in her life, Lord. Yes. And you will use what you've done to bring yes. others to yes. you. Father, we just bless May, we bless Ty, we bless their family, and we just pray for your goodness to follow them all in days
1: of their lives. In Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. 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 Fantastic. Thank you, May. So we are now going to invite up our next guest. Um, this is a lady that's been in church for um, a long, long time, and is just such a blessing. Um, her and her daughter are part of our church, and that is Shelley Parsons. <laughs> and Javon, big shout for Javon as well.
0: Awesome. So Shelly is going to be sharing up with us this morning. It's a very special day today because do you want to share why, Shelly, actually? Yes. Good
3: morning, Church. Today, my beautiful daughter turns 16.
0: <laughs> Happy birthday, Sheffron. <Gibbon.
1: laughs> Amazing. So... Um, we're going to ask a few questions in a minute, Shelley, and in a bit there's going to be some pictures that are going to come up of um, a little bit of, of, of the journey that, that Shelley's been on herself. But, um, you know, you've been at church quite a while, well before me, I think. But yeah, and, and, and um, you know, I think Javon I think was one years old when I came to the church, and it's just been amazing to see her grow up. But could you just share a little bit of how long you've been, a uh, Christian, how long you've, you know, been at church, that kind of thing?
3: Right, um, I'm looking at the people to give me time, because I could go on and on and on. <laughs> um, my journey as a Christian started, my mom's somewhere in the back, started with my mom being a Christian, so I've come from a Christian family. I accepted Christ when I was 12, um, 12 years old. I became part of family church, I would say about 16 years now, because Javon was a few months old, so about 15, 16. I didn't always walk with God. You know, children, you know what it's like. You You feel you know everything, and the world looks cooler, and So I fell away from God for a bit, but he never fell away from me. He was always there like big brother, always there watching and sending someone to say God said, or sometimes, you know when you know it's just God being nosy in your life, in a good way. So it was a bit like that for me. Um, And came to church, from family church, to um, Camille Romeo from Gosford, came in, (laughs) I'm so glad Pastor Andy isn't here to hear this bit. Um, I came into church that Sunday. I was low. As a Christian, I was low, low. Um, Javon was in intensive care, and she wasn't doing very well. And Camille said, come to church. Oh, there's a family church in in Portsmouth. And I was like, you know know what it's like when life gets you and the last place you want to be is church. And she said, I'll come over to you, and we'll go. Came into church. Now, coming from the Caribbean, we we're Pentecostals. So, you know, you're there till two o'clock praying and worshiping. When I entered the door, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. People were jumping. Wait, wait for it. Jumping. And I was like, what are they jumping about? You know? I was like, this is madness. This isn't a church. Um, and then the worship came on. And oh, my goodness. The worship. And then they introduced the pastor. And I was like, He can't be the pastor. He's got jeans on. You know, you're growing up in the Caribbean, an African community, you know. He got jeans on and tattooed on his arm and a T-shirt. He's the pastor, really? Sorry, Pastor Gina. And um, he came, he opened his mouth, and I was like, he's a man of God. I literally said that to myself. Just... Everything he said was like like God speaking to me. Anyway, the embarrassing bit, at the end of the service, Camille introduced me. She was so proud. And then he said, how did you enjoy the service? Now, this is a pastor. And we in the Caribbean, you don't lie to them because they have that line to God. He's looking at me. I'm looking at him. And I went, you are a right bunch of nutters. (laughs) And he said, so you're coming back then? And I I said, no. (laughs) 16 years later, I'm still here.
0: (laughs) We love that, Shelley. And do you know what? It's been 16 years of you being a complete blessing to our church family. And so let's take it back a little bit. So... Back to, I guess, before you came to family church, when you were pregnant with Javon. So what was that season like? And then what happened in her birth? Um, First of all, uh, 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 May's May's, um, testimony just
3: really brought back that stage where, you know, I I wasn't the healthiest teenager and then doctors said, look, you have fibroids. You wouldn't get pregnant naturally. And I'm like, that's okay. But the inside, I always love kids. My mom would tell you I would feed the neighbor's kids with biscuits. And um, when, when I found out I was pregnant, I was shocked. Because, you know, it wasn't supposed to happen. And then they, they had to take Javon by emergency cesarean because I had um, preeclampsia and it was the one that Camille and I had planned to go shopping. It's the one day I was really really ill and the one day I felt perfectly fine was the one day when my lovely uh, midwife said your, your blood pressure is too high. We need to you need to take you in. But I was in a bit of denial. I went into work and then she rang and went, "Where are you?" and I'm at work. And then I went to, she said, no, you need to go to, you know, you need to go to St. Mary's. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh. Anyway, I went to St. Mary's and all I remember was being pushed in a wheelchair, lots of doctors, lots of nurses, lots of people with masks, um, hooking me up to all sorts of machines. And I'm thinking, okay. Uh, I rang Camille and I said, well, I'm in the hospital, but we'll still go shopping when I'm finished. And the doctor said, you're not going anywhere. You're in complete bed rest. So, Javon was due in October. This was early July. Uh, My then-husband was... He's still in the Navy, but not my husband anymore. But he was away. They said to him, right, we need to fly you back. And he said... "He And I said, oh, don't listen to them. You know, we're fine. Everything's fine. I mean, I was hooked up a bit like, I don't know, that, that monster movie. And they were like, you need to stop talking. You need to relax. Now, if you know me, you know... (laughs) That's not going to happen. But they put me in a room, lots of machine, and the young lady was determined to come. And I remember how she got her name, Jevron Olivia. So I was craving KFC. And the nurse said, you can't eat anything. You're not supposed to eat anything. So I said to the hubby, sneak it in, you know. So he snuck it in, but obviously it's KFC, ain't it? So... (laughs) <laughs> They're going to smell it. <laughs> anyway, there was this lovely lady next to us, and her daughter was going to be called Olivia. Um, going back a bit, we were convinced that Javon was a boy, so we had the name Jamari. In a dream, the Holy Spirit said to me that, you're going to have a girl. It came. I know some people don't believe in dreams, but it came at like my grandfather, my great-great-grandfather. And he said, you're going to have a girl. You should name her Javon which means God is with us, and God is gracious. And he also said, she's going to go through a lot, but she will be fine. So that's a little backstory of Javon.
0: Awesome.
1: Fantastic. And So from that point onwards, Shelley, um, talk us a little bit through the birth, and then a little bit after that, and then what life was like afterwards, kind of the situation that unfolded, yeah.
3: You know, for first-time parents or adoptive parents, you look forward to having your first child. So we had the car seat, we had everything. And she was determined to come, this child. She's still determined now. And the doctor said, right, you're dilated, but how could that be? You're, You're like seven months. And I went, tell that to the raging pain. You ladies understand that bit. And they said, right, okay, we don't understand, but There was lots of paperwork that my husband told me at the end, he said um, I I signed because I had to make a, a choice because it wasn't looking very good. Anyway, we went through all that. It was rushy, it was, you know, and then they said you have a girl and they just took her off. So there is no, like in television, you have a baby and then here's your beautiful baby boy or girl, I didn't get that. I got look and gone. And left in a room, thinking, "Oh my God, what's going to happen now?" But grateful, but worried. That the hardest bit was, I spent two weeks in hospital, and I came home with an empty car seat. And I look around the flat, and there was no noise. And at that moment in time, I'm thinking, "This is not the way I planned this." You know, this is this is this is not how you have a baby and go home. And then we went. She spent a long time in hospital it wasn't looking good. The priest came, did the last rites, still wasn't looking good. And I keep reminding God, I said, God, you said she was going to be okay. You said it. I didn't say it. You said it. And you can't lie. So therefore, this can't be a lie because you said it. I keep saying it over and over. And everyone was saying, when the priest came again, I was like, no, go away. And they thought, oh, you're in denial. She's not going to leave the hospital not the way you expect. And I went, no, because he said it. And all during everything, I said, God, you have to give me the littlest sign. And the sign that God gave me was the number seven. She was born the 23rd of the 7th, 2007. And I said to God, I don't have a lot of faith at this moment, so I need another seven. Another seven just to take me over the edge. And Her birth was 4.27 p.m. So that was my other seven. We went home. We spent 24 hours. She was back in. And at that moment, I was on the floor of my flat. I couldn't face it. Her dad went with her, and I stayed on the floor of my flat, literally snot that carpet. And I was like, God, you said... You said, and I went, what is this about God? Because you said, and he just, I just, I called my mom and I cried and I, I didn't pray. I'm not going to lie and, and tell you I prayed. I didn't. I, all I could say in my head was you said." and you know, they say tears of a language that God understands when there were no words and there's lots of snot. You have done snotty prayers? Like snotty prayers are the best, you know? <laughs> Snotty prayers when you can't get the words out, but you know he knows the words. You know, you don't have to pray posh with God. You know, you don't have to be articulate. I'm not articulate, don't, don't let this fool you. Be real, be real with him. And I was like, God, if you're taking her, you better take me too because if I survive, you and I will be having words because you said. And I remember Mary said to me, Mary McCluskey said, you spoke to the God of the universe like that? And I'm like, yes. Because what is the point of me pretending and I'm not feeling all the things I'm feeling and try to be all Christian-like when he could see in my heart that it's broken? It doesn't make any sense. So I said to him, God, I can't do this. If you're going to take her, you've got to take me because I can't survive without her. And um, she came home in October, much to their surprise. And they said, well, she's not out of the woods yet, um, in their language. So we got towards first birthday, we were like on tender hooks. And they said, she might not make it to her first birthday. So enjoy these last days with her at home. Try to be a normal family for a few months. I made the worst first birthday cake ever. And we, oh, we went off to Southampton. My sister was here at the time. and We had cake. Oh, there she is. And she was cute. Um, but, and we went off to Southampton and we had cake. But in the back of our heads, we are thinking, this might be the first and this might be the last. And so, Sherry,
0: over the years, what, have you, what has God done? What happened? What has he done in your family? First... God can be so
3: revengeful. Because I am stubborn, strong-willed, determined, moody, grumpy, talkative, and my daughter is exactly the same. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, goodness me. Um, I've worked most of my life in special needs and in adults with learning difficulties, and I still do that job. And then I've seen... God at work in Javon in more ways than, that I, I couldn't even imagine. You know, when, when she had her diagnosis at two of having cerebral palsy and epilepsy, the doctor sent the nurse out of, the, hosp- of the, the office and prayed. I didn't even know my doctor was a Christian. Not that it mattered, but wow. And then when they said, okay, she made her second birthday, okay. And then I said, no. So if you know me, you know Jevon birthday parties are epic because I'm so tired from Strictly last night and her Strictly party. Every year, I celebrate and celebrate and celebrate and I celebrate and I celebrate some more. When she drank out of a cup for the first time, she was about seven and I celebrated When she took her shoes off, when she changed her clothes and put them in the clean one, I celebrate. And when the doctors read the report, I've had about seven, six or seven of them come to meet her in person because the report of what the previous doctor have written does not line up with what they're seeing. So when I take her in, they, they look at the report, they look at her, they look at the report, and I say, yeah, it's the one and the same child. She has... Defy the odds.
0: (laughs) I love that, Shelly, because it's clear to see that every milestone is a miracle and a blessing from God. So if there was anyone who today, you know, is going through trials and similar situations to you, what would you encourage them to do in terms of having a miracle, but it doesn't look the way you may have thought?
3: I'm glad you asked me that. I'm going to be honest. Can I be honest? People say to me, do you pray for her to walk? No, I don't. And they're shocked by that, even offended by that. You know why? If God's plan is to make Javon walk and her friends walk, nothing and no one can stop him. But my healing and her healing looks different. Now, May was healed beautifully. That was God healing for her. And we're supposed to celebrate and be happy for healing. Yes, I would like her to stand. Yes, I would like her to walk. Yes, I would like her to be normal. But when I was a teenager, I prayed to God and I said, I want to be more than an ordinary servant. So much more. Be careful what you pray for. Mean (laughs) it. I don't pray for her to be healed because in my eyes she's already healed. She has defied the odds. She's alive. So I don't want you to feel sorry for us. We're not about pity. I said to God, when I get to heaven, and it's a when, I don't want a crown. My head's big from all the planning and preparations and meeting. Being a parent of a special need child carries a weight like no other. It's like carrying a backpack in the front. And you know all the, the celebrations when you when you think, oh, my child gets to 15, 16, they leave home. We don't get that. But I'm not going to be pity and sorry about that. Because so many people have come to know God just, just through her being her. You know, and I know, okay, if she, that wheelchair survived how many dancing? Now, my advice to you is this. Don't look at the other person in the lane unless you plan to pick them up. Because your lane is your lane. God's time is his time. Your healing is not the other person's healing. I said to God, right, yesterday, let me... I'm watching time. Yesterday, we took the bus back home. It was the most interesting bus ride I've ever had. I there in my sparkles, Giovanni in our sparkles, lots of lovely characters on the bus. The bus driver said to us, it's the most interesting night shift he's ever had. Because he wanted to know why we were in sparkles. And that started off a conversation about Strictly. And about raising a child like Javon, and um, Javon floor to me, all the men on the bus, as she does. And there are moments, I'm not gonna lie to you, there are moments when I think, I can't do this anymore. I've got amazing carers here today, got two of them who put up with me and Javon. But there are days when I don't wanna wake up, I don't wanna face it, I don't wanna hear another appointment, another she can't, another, yes, I am human. But there's this song from Lauren Dingle. I'm not going to sing because she
4: laughs. You
3: say. You say I am loved. You, you know, and there are moments when I think, God, where are you? This is not the way. When my marriage fell apart, I was like, God, what's going on? But I remember, you say. You say. And I said, okay. All right, and I've cried. I like to say, prayers are the best. And there are moments when I sit there and I think, there are no words. There are no words. But God, but God. So my encouragement to you is stay in your lane. Don't look unless you're going to pick somebody up. Don't walk over them. Don't judge them. Unless you're going to pray and pick that person up, stay in your lane. Because at the end of the lane, you have to give account for what you did in your lane. I'm in my lane. but I know there are times when I fall down and there are lovely people here. I couldn't have done this without my family church. I couldn't have done it without you guys. We couldn't have done it without you guys. And people are amazed that a church could be so loving and inclusive. Because God died for everybody, every one of us, right? So stay in your lane. Stay focused on God. When you can't find the words, do not cry. It's fine.
1: Good, uh, yeah, come on. That's amazing. Fantastic. Great, great, great. And the, I love it, Shelley. You're just an encourager. Even from the first time, we did Faith Works all those years yeah. ago. You're just an yeah, encourager. Yeah. Um, you carry it the gift to encourage and lift others up. Um, and you just carry perseverance over your life, and you and Javon are just such a blessing um, to all of us, you know, she lights up the room when she comes in, and she's just such a blessing, and we just want to pray over both of you, if that's okay, Um, and we're going to ask Pastor Stu and Pastor Carla, and um, maybe if we can get Javon in church, if we, um, we just want to pray a blessing, that's what we want to pray, over Javon um, and Shelley as well.
4: Oh Father, Father, we're so grateful for for this little one, not so little now, <laughs> not so little as that little cutie that was on there. Father, thank you that she is known yeah. by you. Yeah. Yeah. That Father, when she was born, when when there was breath in her lungs, you had a plan. And you had a plan for every single day of her life. And Father, I thank you just for, for the lane that she's in, that she would just keep jumping over those hurdles, yeah. wheeling over them at full speed, and, um, and achieving things that those people that were wise thought she would never do thanks yeah. you that she would just be one that confounds like whoa we're just scratching their head at the side of her and um, and would continue to just reach for you in all that she does and shine for you just like yes. she did last yes. night in that sparkly top on the dance floor that she would shine for you in a way that just would amaze others yes. yeah thank
5: you Lord yes God we thank you God that so after the pain comes the glory and we thank you Father Lord, that we see just such um, amazing um, just things of your glory upon Shelley and Javon's lives. Father, thank you for the endurance. Thank you, Father, for the perseverance. Thank you, Lord, for the patience. Uh, Lord, thank you for the honest conversation that Shelley was talking about. Lord, thank you, Father, that she has poured her heart out to you again and again. And, and Lord, you've not been far off, but you've been right there. Lord, you've been right there in, in, those, in that journey as they've been running their race. Lord, you've been right there, and you've been cheering them on, and you've been saying you can do this. And I thank you, Lord, that your cheering for them has never stopped. Um, people have come and gone, but, Lord, your cheering for them has never stopped. And we thank you, Father, Lord, that you continue to do that, even today. Father, thank you for all the good things that have gone and for all the things that, good things that are ahead. Father, thank you, Lord, for the example, for the testimony. Lord, for the way that, that people have just uh, seen you working in and through Shelley and Javon's lives, Lord, over these years. I thank you, Lord, that we're going to see that more and more in the years to come. And we pray, Father, that this testimony, Lord, of your goodness over their lives would go far and wide. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. How
0: faithful and amazing is God. Happy birthday, Javon. Um, Shelly has blessed us all with cake in Java, so after the service, after the service, we are going to head over to Java for all of the young people, so if you think, we're all children of God, so (laughs) first now, i for all the youngers, all the momentum lot, Javon's got cake for you all, but why don't we church, why don't we sing happy birthday to Javon, so should should we all stand up, let's all stand up. Gonna
5: sing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, did you
0: Praise God. We love you, Javon, and we love you, Shelley. We're so blessed by you guys. Okay, we have run very over. You can take your seats for a moment, church. We've run very over, so we're going to be really quick. So I'm just going to ask the hosting team if they can come forward because we're ready to take um, communion. So we're going to begin to um, hand out communion. I just need my phone very quickly. I've got a verse uh, that I want to share. And it's been so good this morning just to hear... um, testimonies to hear real life stories of God breaking in and doing miracles and if you're here this morning and you haven't given your life to Jesus you don't have a relationship with God yet we want to encourage you God is good. He's absolutely amazing and he changes lives one moment at a time. And maybe today's your day to experience God in a new way. So we're just going to ask after the service, there's a banner there that says best decision ever. So if you can just head over there, there'll be a team there who will pray for you and will lead you in a prayer of salvation. And as we get ready to take communion, I just want to share um, this verse. And it is in Revelation. And it says, it has come at last, salvation and power, and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to the earth. The one who accuses them before our God day and night. And they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. And as I was reading these verses, it encouraged me so much. Because, you know, in all of our lives, we may feel like, we just feel like there's an accuser, the enemy, constantly throwing things at our life, at at us. But the Bible here says that, you know what? Um, we we have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb. So that's the sacrifice that Jesus paid, but also by the word of our testimony, by standing there and saying, I don't know what's going on, but I trust you, God. So as we take communion this morning, I just want to encourage you, church, trust God. As we take off the bread and we um, drink of the wine, be reminded of the price that God paid for you. He's more than able to heal you. He's more than able to walk through every circumstance with you. So Sean's going to pray for us as um, we take
1: communion. Amen. Thank you, Paula. Yeah. And do you know what? Just very, very briefly, you know, I'm reminded of those words that Jesus said that in this life, we will face troubles. There's not going to be, you know, just because I'm a Christian now, everything's going to be great. We, we know that inside we're made whole. But life throws trouble at us all the time, right? And from one day to the next, we don't know which storm's going to come and rock our boat. But this is the word I want to speak over, you family churches, to run this race with endurance, with perseverance, with an ability within you to say, I'm never going to give up. Because that's what you hear when you hear uh, Shelley's story. It's a heart that says, I'm going to keep pressing into God. I'm going to keep pushing in because why God is faithful, amen? And so we've, uh, we've been called to run this race with endurance. So my encouragement is don't be afraid when things start knocking your door and it all looks like hell's breaking loose. God is with you, amen? And if God is with you, who can be against you? Amen? So come on, let's pray by believing in the one who gave his life for us, that his blood was shed and his body was broken for our transgressions, for our wholeness. And that wholeness comes on the very inside that we can have peace in the midst of chaos, amen? So Father, we just thank you that right now, Just as the the bread and the juice is being passed out, Father, I pray for a stirring of faith. That, Lord, right now, healings would break out. That peace would start to manifest in the midst of storms, Lord. That, Father, I just pray, wholeness in Jesus' name. Strength in Jesus' name. Joy in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I just pray for any heart that this morning when they woke up, life just seemed too hard. That life just seemed too much. And they heard a voice saying they didn't want to do it anymore. Lord, I pray right now, would you turn that morning into joy? Would you turn the morning into joy? And I pray against every power of Satan in the name of Jesus that he would uproot right now and be released right now. And may He never touch the children of God in this house again, Lord, I declare in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for the shield of faith on every child in this room that it would stand and defend every child against the arrows of the enemy. And I thank you that, Lord, in the other hand is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, which is the power and the authority against the enemy. Father, we release right now all power and authority. Father, we thank you that we are seated with you in the heavenlies and that we have everything we need to do this life. We are abundantly rich. We are the head and not the tail we are above and not below. So, Father, right now I pray for a mind, sh- mindset shift in Jesus' name. May we see ourselves as more than conquerors, more than able, that no power of darkness will ever overcome us. But, Father, the power of light in us will overcome the darkness around us in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray a release of faith in Jesus' name. And we believe for the testimony of your children, Lord. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Praise God. Um. So we've come to the end of our service this morning. So I just want to remind you, if you want to give your life to Jesus, please head over to the back of the hall just over there. And then people who have children, please, 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 could you go straight to get your children from Kids Church? Because um, we have run a little over. And maybe apologize and remind the workers of how awesome they are. And so we just pray you have the most amazing week. We will see see you all here next Sunday. Don't forget to bring food for a picnic. So God bless you everyone. See you next week.